You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everybody, Josh Neighbors here for Locked On Nationals podcast. Today it is October 12th, 2021. On today's show, we talked to Matt Weirich of NBC Sports Washington, part two of our conversation. We discuss Nationals offseason moves and what they might do. We really do focus on the fielding aspect here uh, on today's show. We'll talk more about the pitching in part three of this, but part two really focusing on uh, the, the fielding players uh, of the Nationals have and what their infields going to look like, what their outfields going to look like, some of the options for their lineup as we move forward. Before we get into it, guys, let you know today's show is brought to you by rockauto.com. Go to rockauto.com today for the best prices on parts for your car or truck. All right, let's get to it. Matt Weirich of NBC Sports Washington in part two of our three-part conversation. Talking about this Nationals offseason and... Uh, are you of the mind that re-signing Alcides Escobar is a bellwether of things to come? And I mean it like this. Um, I think it appears to me the Nationals have so much work to do in the pitching department that the idea of them building a strong, uh, competitive, robust Starting core and bullpen is is a bit of a pipe dream because they have they have so much work to do in that regard. I do think this. I think because Juan is so good, and we've seen actually seen this. Like you can plug in some dudes if you if you kind of push the right buttons, you can plug in dudes. And the Nationals can have a very competitive lineup because they. I mean, forget Trey and forget you know having Schwarber around like. They were able to plug in Lane Thomas. They were able to plug in, you know, actually Alcides Escobar at a nice year at the plate. And Josh Bell really came on strong. And a couple more stars, obviously, some you know, star-type guys. But that lineup is actually a lot easier to fix than the pitching is. So, uh, to me, I think the Alcides Escobar is going to be a, I think it's gonna be a, a guy who starts. And I think it's going to be a holding pattern. They're going to try to build up. And I think really next year they're going to see who is legit, who is for real, and I mean that for Lane Thomas, maybe even for Victor Robles, maybe even for Luis Garcia. Who can we roll with into 2023 as we try to rebuild a, a contending team? What do you think about uh, the Escobar move maybe as a sign of what's to come? You know, I, I honestly think that the Escobar deal is nothing more than what it is. It's a one-year deal for a 34-year-old, soon-to-be 35-year-old infielder. Uh, you know, he came on strong last year, had a solid offensive season, you know, plays a really good shortstop. He can fill in at both second and third base. Uh, and I think it's exactly what Josh Harrison was, you know, mm-hmm. around the same time a yeah, year prior. You know, he's he's a guy who uh, can, is a veteran leadership in the clubhouse, you know, gelled with a lot of the guys. Uh, and they're bringing up young, young infielders. And at a certain point, if the Nationals have to decide they're not the guy they can roll with, they'll at least have Escobar in town like they did with Castro. Uh, for Keyboom last year, you know, beginning of the season. Now, Keyboom uh, and Luis Garcia are expected to start the year next year at third and second base, respectively. I would imagine the Nationals are not going to bring anyone in uh, to necessarily start over them to begin the year. I think they're going to be given the full opportunity to get a good amount of at-bats before they start talking about replacing them or moving on. 
Uh, but next year is going to be very big seasons for both of them, especially Keeboom, who's a little bit older than Garcia is right now. Um, you know, to show that bat, show that they can do something with extended playing time, uh, and then you can move uh, Escobar around. But I think it gives you flexibility. You know, like you said, the, the Nationals mm-hmm. lineup is already in a solid spot. And uh, in, in where it is right now, you don't need to do a whole lot. I think the the biggest areas that they need to address this offseason in terms of the lineup would be the middle infield. I think they're probably going to get another infielder. Uh, you know, maybe not somebody who you're going to plug and start. It could be somebody who you start over Escobar and he now becomes your super utility guy. Mm-hmm. Um, or you just get another utility player and you just mix and match depending on matchups and who's hot and who's healthy and all that kind of stuff uh, like they did last year with with Castro and uh, Josh Harrison. Uh, and then the other area is left field. Uh, you have to decide if you're the Nationals. This is probably the most important thing for your offense this offseason is you have to decide what to do with Victor Robles. Uh, is he going to be a guy that you're going to have compete with Lane Thomas for a spot in the outfield next year? Is he going to be a guy that you're going to give back center field and you're going to push Lane Thomas over to left? Uh, or is he a guy that, you know, you're probably leaning uh, Lane Thomas's direction. You bring in a left fielder and all of a sudden Robles is looking like a fourth outfielder. So uh, there, there are a lot of different ways the Nationals could go with him. Uh, and that's going to probably be among their chief decisions that they have to make this offseason. Yeah, because it, it feels... It feels thin. Like that that's kind of my point here is that is that the, it, it, everything feels pretty thin for them right now because Garcia and Keyboom are question marks. They they were really hit or miss this year. Uh and, and Keyboom had some nice spades and had some had some downturns as well. And then Lane because because those both those guys are questions. All right, then you move forward to the outfield, right? Victor Robles is a question. Lane Thomas is a question. So basically that's three questions there, right? Because you're if you factor in the fact that okay. You know, if if it's a no on Robles, that left field spot's still open. So you have to figure out who's going to go there. So that's, that's exactly. three more questions. So, and not to mention yeah. the DH could be coming to the National League this offseason. Which would really Yadier. that would really help Kyle Schwarber. Yes, <laughs> well, it I really mean, would. It really the, would. The market for Kyle Schwarber is about to be. Um, it's about to be. And and look, Wait, I go ahead. Did you see? Side note: Did you see him uh, at first base yesterday? He overthrew. He had an under toss to yeah. the pitcher, and he he tossed it over. Right, it was in like the second <laughs> inning air runner reach base he made had the exact same play like three innings later and he made the he completed the toss and he like pumped his fist the crowd got all excited and he like raised his cap to him it was a great you moment. know he so funny. I, I, he is always been like watching him play the field has always been really interesting right because you know I, I think people forget this like he started off as a catcher i mean that, that was the goal for him and, and his skills behind the plate you know, I, I think I heard somebody say at one point, like, he basically, like, he could catch double A if he wanted them to, maybe triple A. The guy could not catch the major leagues, which is fine. Like, not everybody, you know, like, that, that happens. I mean, they, I don't think we talk about this enough in baseball. Like, the number of guys who start some places and end up other places in this game, it's, it's more pretty, than any I mean, other sport. Fernando Tatis. Uh, you know, it's, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how long that lasts. But, you know, you know, yeah. like, that's pretty common. And then you watch him. Uh, I, I'll never forget watching him, uh, Cubs Mets 2015. I mean, the guy did not have an effing clue what he was doing in left field. And then you see him this year and, and um, not excellent the entire time. And it kind of looked a little, you know, it looks a little like, look, the guy doesn't have the loosest hips in the world. Uh, when it comes to playing in the field at the plate. Yeah. Actually, he's able to get those, get them things through uh, in the field, you know, a little, we're kind of a little all over the place, but he's athletic him, for his size. He is. is. And we're seeing him play caroms off the wall and mm-hmm. he's throwing guys out. And it's like, this guy clearly works his ass off. He very clearly works really, really hard. But 
that is to say, like, he probably is next year. If we do get a DH, which, you know, come on, can we please get a freaking DH? I, the fact that it's going to be used as a bargaining chip this year in the offseason is going to make me make my head explode. But um, he's going to be like, man, why can't I have just played baseball like five years later? You know what I mean? Like, like, <laughs> like can I come to the league maybe, you know, uh, six, seven years later than I actually did? Hey, I um, mean, it, it could really work out for him, though, because this is where he's hitting free agency, you know, in line for a payday. So if, if that, is, that is true, it could be just in time for him. And, and this goes also back to something that that was, you know, what did you think when they when they made that Schwarber deal? I mean, to me, it felt like the classic Mike Rizzo, like that, you know, all right, this guy wants to bet on himself and we're going to we're going to take that. It's a short deal. It could work out for us. Is that how you felt at the time? Yeah. You know, I always saw with Schwarber that you know, he gave you a whole lot of homers, a whole lot of walks and a whole lot of strikeouts and not much else. Uh, you know, the, you were expecting a, a low batting average guy and, and you know, somebody who could, you know, hit 30 plus homers. Uh, you know, I, I felt between him and Josh Bell, you know, they could each be 30 plus and they got pretty close, both of them. Oh, mm-hmm. Schwarber hit over, but uh, Bell, I think, was at 28 uh, to finish the year. So, uh, you know, between the two of them, I felt like at least one would have, you know, a, a good solid year to uh, be, be hit behind Juan Soto. Um, but I wasn't I didn't have super high expectations. I, I won't lie. Yeah, no, I I don't think I did either. I mean, I, I a lot of people were texting me and saying, I don't I don't really like the deal. But, you know, it's one of those where it's like it. Look, that money's probably going to go to somebody. Right. You know, you're going to I mean. You have to fill the roster. The Nationals, they they weren't completely being cheap. Like they tried to win this year. I think people forget this. Like you know, I know how things ended up, but there is a scenario where if Kyle Schwarber stays healthy and Steven Strasburg stays healthy, that you know this team could have made a choice around the deadline. You kind of look back on it now too. Like the Braves did not finish with that great of a record. They were like twelve games over five hundred. The Nationals could have messed around like for another three or four weeks. And eventually turned it on, and, and you know if they if they played, you know they went twenty and ten in a thirty game stretch, something like that. They would have been leading the division or right in it. So, you know that that deal. I'm interested to see what he gets in the off season, and I'm interested to see what the national spending strategy is because I think we're going to see a lot more of those Alcides type deals. The only way I see them bringing in a shortstop, Matt, is is that if they went for a guy maybe like a Javi Baez, if he took a um, high dollar, low year type type scenario, right? But the big thing is, you know, and I, I wanted to get your thoughts on this. To me, they really think Brady, like Brady House is saying, I'm going to play shortstop. And they're like, all right, we're, we're going to see what happens here. And with the way guys now are fast-tracked to the league, do you think the goal for them is to hold, hold that position down with just kind of, you know, just put it kind of together until Brady House comes along? Or do you think they're going to say, all right, what if we sign a guy in the interim for like a three or four year contract to play that position? And once Brady's good to go, you know, we come up. But the problem is the guys are coming up a lot faster than they used to now, you know, and, and, and we're seeing uh, guys 21, 20, 22, you know, and, and at that point in time, they've already been in the league for roughly a year or whatever. Yeah. I don't know that the nationals are necessarily banking on Brady house, you know, moving up quickly and, and becoming that guy. He, he is a, a high school shortstop, and I, I don't think that can be overstated that when you are making the jump from high school to the professional ranks, the minor leagues, rather than going from college to the minor leagues, it is an adjustment. And mm-hmm. yet we saw him get off to a really hot start to rookie ball, but pitchers in rookie bar are notoriously bad. Uh, and we aren't really going to know what we have uh, in Brady House probably 
another two to three years down the road. You know, he's going to start probably in low A this year and work his way up from there. And I'd imagine the Nationals aren't going to be aggressive in in promoting him, uh, you know, just because they aren't trying to compete this year. They, they can take the longer view. Uh, so I, I think that the Nationals are going to be in the market for a shortstop. I, I don't know necessarily that it's going to be like a Javi Baez, um, who actually kind of makes sense to the Nationals because most of the shortstops that are going to be available this offseason in terms of that top tier are all going to be tagged with a qualifying offer. And I think the Nationals are going to stay far away from any player uh, that was tagged with qualifying offer because they are not in a position to be giving up draft picks right now. You know, that's mm-hmm. a, a win now move is to sign a guy uh, hit with that, which is, you know, a thing in the CBA, I think that needs to be addressed. But, uh, you know, <laughs> that that means that guys like Marcus Semyon is not going to be available. It means that Trevor Story is not going to be available. It means that Carlos Correa, uh, Corey Seager, you know, all these big names that, you know, the Nationals probably could use. Uh, you know, as a foundational building block piece alongside Juan Soto to to ensure that your team is, you know, competitive down the road. You know, I think that would make a lot of sense. But with the qualifying offer, uh, I just don't know that the Nationals are going to be super aggressive in that department. So we may end up seeing, you know, them go for a guy like, uh, you know, a Freddie Galvis on a one year deal or, you know, somebody who I think makes a lot of sense, not necessarily a shortstop, but uh, plays the rest of the infield is Eduardo Escobar. Uh, mm. who hits for a ton of power. I wanted them to trade for him. That, 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 yeah, that I did too. Like that was that was the right move. It, it was not a – wasn't Chris Bryant, right? It, it wasn't mm. a guy that was going to cost you that kind of uh, kind of situation. It's a team in the, in the Diamondbacks that suck, and they would have uh, – they, 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 they ended up trading him, right? I forgot where he went. He where went to go? the Brewers. He's still right. playing right now. Right, he's still playing. Yeah, play, yeah, exactly. That was a guy they could have gotten, and I think he's a – I believe he's a free agent, right? He is a free agent this offseason, yes. So I I think he makes a lot of sense for him. Quick pause in the action on today's show. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is the best place to find affordable parts for your car or truck. It's a family-run business serving auto parts customers online for nearly 20 years. Why choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for parts from a chain store or a car dealership? For example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from a chain store. It's only $216 at rockauto.com. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box. That way they know we sent you. Amazing selection. Always low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. They need vets at positions that young guys are playing is really my point. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's why having LCDs for guys like – and also, too, I want to bring this up with LCDs – um champion world, like world champion right guy that that cannot be understated and i think that's also something the nets really value is like you know having just one one having guys around still that can do that um staying kind of with the infield so i think yeah, they didn't probably have a veteran guy in the infield right that, that would put them at a roughly you know you think about luis think about alcides think about carter keevan we add one more guy think about josh bell and then maybe, you know, we'll see with Ryan Zerman. It felt like goodbye. Um, we'll see, yeah, though. You never know with those I don't think Zim things. knows, honestly. I think he's, yeah. he's going to decide how, where, you know, he's going to see the moves that the Nationals make. The Nationals will have room for a one-year, $1 million deal at the end of the offseason if they want to bring him on. Um, and, and I think the DH also plays a, a role in that yeah. as well. Um, but I, I think a big thing for Zimmerman, he's 16 home runs away uh, from 300 for his career. Uh, he finished this year with 14. Uh, so I think that 16 could be seen as in play for him. Uh, you know, if he were to just replicate the season that he just had, yeah. uh, he could get to 300 home runs. He's also, I think, a game shy of like uh, 1800 for his career or something. Right. Uh, what I, I know he finished was like nine nine was the 
um, end of it. Let me just pull it up real quick. The guy, was, I mean, th- that guy had um, seventeen ninety nine. So he's one game away from eighteen. Whatever the number of at bats was this year, it's like the number of evasions that Zimmerman got. I mean, people yeah. clap for him every single and time. deservedly so. Yeah, and here's the thing: I thought he had a nice season. Like, I mean, I thought there were some stretches where it really seemed like he couldn't put it together, but he 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 figured it out. He's such a professional hitter. Like, he's just such yeah. a pro. Um, the part with him is that, like, I thought for what his role was, he did really well, right? That's not – when you come in and you pinch hit a lot, your job is not to walk. <laughs> your job is to your job is to do – you know, maybe you want to get on base around the lineup, whatever it is. Your job is to get something done up there, right? Your, your, job, your job is, you know, try to get an extra base hit, you know, make something happen for that top of the order in a, in a way that's not like a Victor Robles hitting ninth, right? Your job is to really try and make uh, – you know, try and get things turned, turned over, if you will. I think that's, that's a good role for him. Um, how would you feel about a Josh Bell extension? You know, maybe a two, three year. I, I think Josh Bell was on course for a bigger season than he actually had. I thought it got derailed early. And I think the guy that we saw after May on is what Josh Bell is. And I think he had a really good season. Um, and I thought he got more consistent there towards the end. I felt like he wasn't Josh Bell, you know, I feel like he drops the hands a lot sometimes. It's kind of issues that he'll, you know, and, and when he drops it, and he gets uh, he gets kind of on the right plane. He's great, but you know, sometimes I feel like he's dropping the hands too much. Kind of looks like the Ferris wheel type swing he's got going on there. Um, I thought he really, really is. A, he's a, also a great guy in the community. I, you know, obviously the book club stuff, and he's you know seems like an awesome teammate. That guy, I think it's worth extending because that takes care of that spot. You know what you're going to get from him, um, and I think that for a team that's got so many questions, Matt, it feels like. If you can lock that up for a reasonable price, which I believe Josh Bell is going to come at a reasonable price, I think he likes playing in DC. It appears that he enjoys being on this team. I, I think that's a move that's worth making: is locking Josh Bell up for two to three years, uh, maybe even get it done this off. I mean, I, they, they won't, but they'll probably wait. But you know, maybe you can get it done this off season, and and hey, I say okay, you know, Zim's transitioning out. Maybe we have, maybe we don't, but we know at least for the next two or three years, we're fine at first base. Veteran guy who adds some pop. Yeah, you know, I think that it's definitely worth considering for the Nationals. Um, you know, he, he bottomed out at a 131 batting average in mid-May. And from that point on, he had a higher OPS than Reese Hoskins this season, mm. uh, which, I, you know, is something that I just don't think it's talked about enough. It's just, just how good Josh Bell was uh, and how he really did turn out to be the guy exactly who they thought that he would be uh, when they acquired him. You know, he was the guy that, you know, when they acquired him, I myself questioned the move uh, from a standpoint of, is this the guy that they're bringing in to protect Juan Soto? Mm-hmm. You know, we, we saw from Josh Bell 2019, the first half, uh, he went absolutely nuts. And then he fell off a cliff in the second half. And then 2020, he was bad. And obviously 2020 was only a 60 game season. But, you know, that was all we were working with at the time was we hadn't seen him playing at an all star level since the 2019 all star break. Uh, mm-hmm. So there were there were some question marks about him. And, and he, you know, came in and, and struggled early. Uh, but figured things out, you know, that, that he's considered a guy who, who tweaks his approach pretty much every other day. Uh, you know, he's always tinkering with his, his swing. So uh, he found a found a groove and he, and he stuck with it. And, uh, you know, I think there's a lot to be said for that. So, you know, he played a solid first base, too. I don't think a lot of people were expecting him to be as as reliable as he was at first base. You know, there really wasn't much of a drop off between him and Ryan Zimmerman. Uh, which is not something I, I would have was expecting from him at all. So right. uh, you got to give props to to Bell for for putting the season together that he did, and 
you know, if he's willing to, to work out an extension, you know, he played for the Pirates for a long time. It's just, you know, not a lot of winning was involved. And we're now looking at a situation with the Nationals where there might not be a ton of winning uh, in D.C. either, at least for the foreseeable future. So uh, if he is willing to sit through something like that and, and, you know, be part of this team's, you know, growth into a contender once again, then I think that's something the Nationals should consider. My only hold up, you know, he's 29 years old. He's not super old. I think he's still got some good years left in him. Right. My only hold up. Uh, is that he is just so streaky, you know, and we might come into a year where, you know, he starts off hot, but then, you know, for the last three months, he's doing absolutely nothing, uh, you know, and, and if you're paying him, you know, a large sum, 10 plus million, you know, that, that can kind of hurt you. But I do think that there is no priority more important to the Nationals in the short term view and the long term view, in my opinion, than re-signing Juan Soto. Uh, and I think that having a guy like Josh Bell, who protected him so well in the lineup this year, mm -hmm. enabled him not enabled him, but but basically helped him, uh, you know, be in a position to be an MVP candidate this year. Uh, you know, if you see that a guy like Bell is locked up and you know that he's going to be around, I think that gives Soto some confidence if he were to consider signing an extension. One more pause in the action on today's show. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. There's no better time than now to get involved at betonline.ag during football season, college football, NFL uh, Formula One's going on every single week. There's boxing. Uh, anything that you want to place. Oh, NHL's back, and so is the uh, so is the NBA coming up here. Anything you want to bet on, you can at betonline.ag. So you go there today, sign up. It's free to do. Use the promo code Locked On. That's L O C K E D O N. Locked On. You'll receive a fifty percent deposit bonus upon your first deposit. Tons of contests, games, deals, specials. Got it all there at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. I think the one advantage the Nationals have, and I think Josh Bell probably saw this this year, is that – and now Trey's gone, so it's going to make it more difficult. But the fact that they were so, a, so easily able to get that lineup to a phenomenal place in June, right? And you and I have talked about this, but the fact that it's like with one – you pair up, you know, him with Josh Bell and really like you really only you don't need one more super duper duper star. All you have to do is put the right guys there. Like that that was the whole thing when, I, when we were watching Schwarber, Turner and Sutter together is like good luck navigating that part of the lineup four times a game. You cannot do it. You will not get through it four times a game unscathed. And the thing is, like after one is done, you're like, OK, I can relax a little bit. Josh Harrison and Josh Bell were, were right there waiting for you. So it was, you know, I, I know Stalin Castro earlier in the year was in that position sometimes. Um, and I think, like, that that to me is where the Nationals are actually in a better spot. I know the lineup was bad at the beginning of the year, but they can, if they play this correctly, I think this lineup's a bit of an easier build than maybe some others think. The big key for, and that's why I would lock up Josh Bell, is that, like, I, I think remove remove question marks because right once again you've got so many question marks um with Keyboom and Garcia and Thomas and Robles that Bell kind of removes one of those off and then I, this is what I kind of get the outfield like I would maybe bring in a veteran outfielder I would not splurge for anybody I, I think this is one of those Chris Bryant's again, not in your future no Chris Bryant's not I, I think he makes is, a lot of sense though just because he can play third base too he does, but here's the issue: is the and Nationals that World Series pedigree. The Nat and, and he would make the lineup competitive real quickly. I, I mean, I, you could also make the argument that I'm completely wrong here, and that you could say, look, 
why not screw up the lineup now? Why not make the lineup? Why not extend Bell and sign Chris Bryant and maybe get a guy like a Schwarber and screw up the lineup now and then focus on pitching, right? That it kind of takes care of the, and you know, then you can focus on the pitching. Maybe, maybe that's the way you go. The only problem for me is I think this pitching, the pitching is going to be a multi-year, it's a multi-year scenario. It's, I mean, it's one of those where the bullpen was so bad and they're so depleted of starting pitching that there's no way that one offseason can fix this. There's absolutely no, I mean, it would be, Matt, I, I, don't, I don't know if like, it doesn't feel like hyperbole. That would be one of the greatest uh, roster building accomplishments ever because think about the end of the season. Bookmark that. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, would, would it not? Because Paulo, God bless Paulo Espino. This, he was not supposed to be starting in, in 2021, right? Not supposed to be starting. Eric Fetty wasn't even supposed to be starting, right? He was supposed to be a bullpen guy at the beginning of the season. And you think about how awful Patrick Corbin was and the fact that Steven Strasburg is out and Joe Ross got hurt. Like, and then the bullpen, they traded everybody away. And, you know, is, is how many players in the bullpen right now do you trust? I trust Kyle Finnegan not – and I think Kyle Finnegan was unfairly put in a, in a bad spot. Ninth inning, not really his, his, his jam. Um, I trust him like the seventh or the eighth. I think he's perfect for that kind of role. Is there anybody else in that bullpen that you would like, I'll give that guy a sixth. I'd give him the seventh. I'd give him the eighth. The I, fact I, you that know. their projected closer next year is Will Harris, who's coming off thoracic outlet syndrome <laughs> surgery. is not where you want to like, be. We feel, like, feel like we've barely seen him, right? It feels like yeah. it's like he's a national, but like we've seen him for what? Maybe like 30 games, I think, uh, less mm-hmm. than that. He had a solid so, 2020 season, but again, it's a short season. Yeah. And I think he was injured. Was he injured part of it? Too? He did miss part of it. Yes. Yeah. And then, so that's my like. That's why the lineup part of it is like, look. That's why we're saying take care of of, of um, maybe you know maybe you're right. Maybe you do take care of that part of it now. All right, that will do it for part two of our three part conversation with Matt Weirich of NBC Sports Washington. Tomorrow we focus on pitchers pretty heavily and really break down how is how possible is it the Nationals restructure that pen and become competitive and when we think that will happen. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. You can follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Till next time, my friends, as always, stay safe.